Wow. I don't know. I'm an awful millennial. You are so bad. So bad. Look at Gen X coming through. <laughs> Gen X coming through the same today as always. <laughs> Word. Y'all better come through and uh, collect your security checks too, girl. You know, Black women saving the day <laughs> as always. That's what the fuck we do. <laughs> Look, I can't even disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm super excited about this thing that we're going to do. Um, so to start off with our name, we are um, Lift Every Voice and Sing, a fantastic podcast that will be internationally known across the world and oh. the universe. Of course. Of course. Obviously. Absolutely. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I go. You want to introduce yourself first? A little bit about you, who you are, what you do, whatever you want the people to know. Go right ahead. The floor is yours. All righty. Hey, world. I am Scott. I'm 29 years old, currently based out of and living in New York City. Um, professional makeup artist and flight attendant. And for all intents and purposes, I am basic as fuck. So <laughs> I'm here and I'm ready to go. Tell the people about you, Miss Shana. OMG. Well, I am uh, Shana Madela, as I am, am known in my world, and I am not 29. <laughs> um, and I do some things out there. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm decided that we should do a podcast because I will let the listeners know from day one that at the moment I met you, that although I was going to be your boss the first time I met you because it was an oh, interview. Um, I looked at mm -hmm. you and I was like, oh my God, this is the gay son that I have always wanted. And so, <laughs> I don't know how many And you were my gay mother. Yes. I was like, I don't know how many years later we are right now. I think we're approaching 10-ish. Oh um, Maybe-ish. Um, but, you know, oh we've gone from being... Um, boss and associate to friends to like family so I yes. we had an awesome conversation I think it was last week or the week before and after that I was like I really feel like people should listen to our conversations and our chit chats because we come from as much as we're similar we're still very very different um but at the same time very yes. very similar like it's it's crazy uh -huh. So, um, you know, welcome everyone, and I hope you enjoy this fantastic <laughs> podcast. So, what's on your mind? What's new with yes, you? Hey, um, nothing's really new with me thanks to COVID 19. Uh, everything has been shut the fuck down, and the world just seems to be ablaze. Uh, <laughs> everywhere you look, there's just drama and bullshit, and it's like, what the fuck? So, that's what's going on with me. Uh, I'm just locked up in the house. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so what's new with you? How's life? I mean, you know, quarantine was quarantine. I am I am officially not quarantined. As of last <laughs> Monday, I am no longer quarantined. I was 90 days in that quarantine situation, situation. And I am not, I am back <laughs> to work. And for real, for real, I have been, it's been a struggle, man. My anxiety is like crazy high. Um, I am a like introverts introvert. Like these 90 days of being like solo quarantine, like no family 
in my place. No friends, no pets, no nothing. Um, I got a little quarantine pain a little bit, like three or four times. I made like a little dick appointment. So um, I did. Yeah, you know, I mean, why not? <laughs> so I mean, I haven't ha- I haven't seen a dick in like six months. I mean, besides your own, other than my own, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes, other own. Which you know, we are great friends. I know, love them, um, but you know, I'm a little tired of them at this point. I, I prefer to see someone else's. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. You know, I haven't seen Dick in like it's been like about a month, honestly. But you know, throughout my ninety days, I did see it a few times, and you know, it was cool. No, no complaints. You know, it was consistent. I mean, I like backslid into some old Dick that I had in the past. Ooh. I prefer to recycle mm. dick. So I recycle. How did that work out? I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it served its purpose okay. for the situation. Yeah, like you don't want to go into like a situation like quarantine because, like, you know, for me, I thought quarantine was gonna be like fourteen days. Like that's what I was told. Like my job was like we shutting shit down for fourteen days. So when it kind of first happened, I was like, oh, yo, what you doing tonight? Like, I ain't got to work tomorrow. Um, And then we look up 90 days later. I'm like, yo, (laughs) that was crazy. Um, So it served its purpose because you don't want to go into a situation like quarantine on some, like, iffy type of situation, like, dick situation, you know? So... You know, he has a he had a vasectomy. Right. Right? He had a vasectomy, so I knew I was not gonna come out of quarantine pregnant. Like that was the one thing that I knew. Um, so that was always a good thing that when you don't have to worry about a baby happening, like it makes sex just much more enjoyable. And I know you don't get that. Um, you don't you don't understand that that constant fear of, you know, a couple minutes of pleasure can lead to a lifetime of like, ah damn. Oh girl, I live with that lifetime fear. I'm over here wondering like where the condoms are at, girl. Like okay, I, mean, I don't with the condom. Uh, the even with the condom, it's still you? like that chance. Like I just I don't know. Like I've always been so like Ugh. cautious of like I don't want no babies. So, you know, even with a condom and like birth oh. control and pulling out, I'm still like, Lord, please <laughs> let me have my period. <laughs> so, so with the condom and all of that, when you <laughs> add a vasectomy on top of that, it just makes everything like, you know, you can just breathe a little easier. So my quarantine peen was vasectomized. Right. I don't know if that's a word, um, but, <laughs> but it is now. So um, we just, just go okay. add that to your your dictionary, your Merriam-Webster's dictionary, vasectomized. Um, but yeah, be, be all the praise. I know. So I'm back to work, and you know it is hard. My anxiety is like because <sighs> it's just being around people is not my favorite thing. So just getting accustomed like to not being around people for so long, to being around people for eight hours a day. It's been a bit trying, but I mean, you know, when a steady paycheck is about to hit on July 2nd, I mean, thank you, Black Jesus, for that paycheck that's going to hit on July oh 2nd. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it the 2nd? I'm so jealous. It might be the 3rd. Whatever it is. I think it's next Friday. We're about to get a whole ass paycheck, and whoo, it's a good thing. Uh, I still haven't got my unemployment. I have not been, I have not received a paycheck in over two months. Thank God I had a little bit of savings. This is crazy. These are crazy times. 
like while we're on the subject, I know we're like going down this rabbit hole that we did not expect to go down, but like, how can we be our true capitalist society and not allow legal prostitution? That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, mm-hmm. I understand the reason that they're not doing it is because they can't tax it properly for the state. But like, if you want to price your body at $5 or if someone else wants to price their body at $5,000, it should make no difference. And there should be like a universal tax or whatever that like they have to pay. Just like we do as freelancers. That would just make sense. And I don't understand the the reasonings behind it. It would create a safer environment. No, I agree. Like I spent a lot of time. I definitely feel (laughs) that like, if we're like you said, if we are a true capitalistic society, like we should be allowed to sell our bodies or our sexuality or for whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like this country is not a true capitalist society. It's only a true capitalist society for straight fucking white men. If you ain't a straight white man, they don't give shit about you. And they know that the people that's going to make some money are going to be women. And on top of that, women of color, and then probably also like gay and queer people. You know what I mean? Like those are going to be the ones that people are going to want to pay to be with. And it's going to be the white men that's going to be paying to be with us. <laughs> like, let's be real. Yes. <laughs> you know, so they don't want to give us that economic power. Like, they know if we, could, if we could truly pay for what our bodies were worth, they know they would pay a heavy-ass fucking penny to have sex with either one of us, period. And what that would oh, do for yes. us economically, they can't, <laughs> they can't handle that shit. They don't even want to see it. Like, that's just how I feel. You know, I got an opinion on everything. This is just the start. <laughs> I think you're so right and I, I think it's really problematic and I think while we're burning this shit down we should rebuild a better society and one of those things that we should rebuild is dominion over one's body and to sell it or not sell it how they deem fit Right. Uh, because if Mary Lou doesn't want to sell her pussy then Mary Lou can keep her pussy to herself that has nothing to do with me but I'm over here and I want to just make rent and fuck Mary Lou's husband so <laughs> Whatever. You better fuck Mary Lou's husband. <laughs> fuck her husband, her dad, and her brother. All them motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo, and they know that would be the truth because if you make this shit legal, they can't hide in the shadows anymore. They can't have, I mean, the thing is, I would say they can't have their, their crazy ass fantasies that they have, but. At the end of the day, I feel like if you're two consenting adults, then you can decide on what someone wants and what they don't want. Like, if you want to fucking choke me and spit in my mouth, if I agree to that shit, I agree to that shit. Their whole thing is weird. I don't get it. Like, it is just something that's like, I've tried to understand it. And it makes no sense to me. And because I'm a person where I'm like, at the end of the day, like, let's cut the bullshit. If we all cut the bullshit and just be honest about who we are and what we want, like, this would be a much better society. But I think at the end of the day is that white men got to stay on top. And anything they can to stay on top, anything they can do to stay on top, they will do. And part of that is outlawing, you know, uh, not allowing people to profit off of their sexuality, period. Because they know they some of the creepiest motherfuckers out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean... <laughs> That's my opinion. I, mean, <laughs> I haven't heard a lot yet, but... Uh, <sighs> I'm 
sure we have both scandalous things. I'm sure we have both been approached by quote unquote straight white men. I've been approached by, you know, these like, you know, white collar, blah, 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 family men that are white. And they they do if they want to do some shit, then I'm like, no, like, no, like <laughs> They, you, you're making this much. I have been approached by many of them, and I sometimes say enthusiastically, right. "Yes." Which you have Daddy. the right to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's fun sometimes to, you know. Yeah, be bad. I mean, I've never been with a white man before because <laughs> I find that their um, their penises are not of a, a shade that I enjoy. So, <laughs> I was like, just the shade is just weird to me. I'm like, what? what's happening here? It, it just, I'm not into it. But if other people are, do what you do. Again, as long as you are consenting and you are being safe, I don't care. And even if you're not consenting and you're not safe, I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't directly affect me unless I somehow am affected. <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it. I mean, right. you know, you know, yeah. be safe and, 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 and consent and do whatever the hell you got to do. So what else is going on? I mean, like, I, shit's going on crazy in the world. Nothing else is new with me. I've been texting a man for three months that we still haven't met. Hmm. Uh, but he also lives in Brooklyn and I'm uptown. So like, <laughs> that's very normal. That's a long relationship. <laughs> And I have been under quarantine in Ohio. So uh, we have plans to meet up next Thursday. So I will let y'all know how it works out. If this works out, this will be like very romantic. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, that's cool too. I get it. I get it. So you guys have been, (laughs) you said messaging for three months. How do you you guys connect? We connected on Tinder. He messaged me the day before I went to San Francisco, uh, March 2nd. I love San Francisco. Uh, the reason I know that is because I hated it and I had a full ass breakdown there and I'm so happy that it happened. Wait, why did you? Well, I haven't been to San Francisco <laughs> in probably eight years maybe. And I know it has changed a lot since I was there. Why do you hate San Francisco? I love San Francisco. Okay, let me take that back. I did not hate San Francisco. I actually found the city to be really, really beautiful. Um, But I hated every person that I came in contact with there. But a a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was there, I was alone, and I was just trying to do some solo travel stuff. So when I went to the Castro, which which is the gay district that all gay boys grow up learning is so iconic and magical. Yeah. It was so unwashed. And I'm not like drop dead gorgeous or anything uh, but like i don't go into a bar and leave a drink ever <laughs> so like first of all that's okay that, that's hold not on, hold normal on, hold on. For, you for are absolutely gorgeous so don't even start that bullshit thank uh, you so much but I'm, I'm very aware of where where i stand on the scale of attractiveness and like especially when these dudes like work out non-stop like they're models and shit like i know that i can't compare it to that but i i don't go to bars often and not get a drink it was very strange going to many bars and no one looking at me okay. or paying me just at all. I mean, like some mediocre white boy would walk in there and they'd be like, oh my God, my Prince Charming has arrived. <laughs> it was so weird. 
but I did get drunk and uh, <laughs> I did get drunk and met to my Uber driver about it who was an Asian man and he was like I'm married to a white man and I was like oh well then you're just suck up to whiteness too like I'm not interested in in doing all that shit like whatever and then I cried in the middle of the street uh so that was fun uh, <laughs> oh Jesus I, I, I um, have cried, really I've cried nice. three times in the last two days so the whole just randomly crying shit I I'm here for it sometimes you just have to so what you, you anything else new with you anything new with me well I guess we can talk about my depressing love life I have been messaging someone for maybe three weeks now. So I have a friend from undergrad and she set us up a couple years back. Um, He is her husband's cousin, if that makes sense. It should, because it's not that complicated. Um, Yeah, I know. It's really simple. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So she set us up like about six years ago when I first moved to the Philly area and my move was really crazy and we just never connected more than a couple messages here and there just eventually faded out blah 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 blah. maybe a month or so into quarantine he was just kind of like hey how's it going and I was like good how are you and then it still kind of just faded out because quarantine was just crazy I was working from home for a little bit I was like high 20 hours a day. Like just shit was weird. Um, and then three weeks ago, I reached back out to him just again, like, how are you? Sorry, things have been crazy. And we messaged for, you know, again, three weeks. He seemed to be very serious. You know, we talked about things like kids and marriage and he no longer lives in this area. He lives in Denver now talked about me coming to Denver, like all sorts of things that just seemed like he was like a real stand-up guy. And then Sunday night, we were like, hey, why don't we like FaceTime tomorrow? Blah, 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 blah. Good night. I have not heard from this motherfucker since. It is a Wednesday. So I'm basically like, he's dead. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> have you reached out to him? I did call. And he has read receipts set up on his phone. So according to his read receipts, he hasn't read any of my messages in the past whatever days it's been since we were supposed to FaceTime. Because I did message him on Monday. and I I think he died. I think he's dead. Like, I'm just, I mean, I'm like, I don't know what else to think besides you're dead. And I was talking to my friend at work. She was like, either he ghosted you or he is a ghost. And I'm like, basically, like, (laughs) those are pretty much the only options right now. And I don't want to, like, reach out to my friend from undergrad because, like, we're not, like, super, super tight anymore. You know what I mean? Like, over the years, we catch up every now and then. Of course, there's Facebook. So it's, she's not, like, someone that I talk to on a regular basis. So I don't want to be like, hey, remember the guy you set me up with six years ago? Well, three weeks ago, we started chatting again. And um, is he dead? I don't know. I, it's, it's very odd to me. I, I really feel like he's dead. And, and if he is, I'm sad. That's but if he goes to me, I'm pissed the fuck off. <sighs> so... <laughs> this is adding to my anxiety not. right now because I'm like I don't know whether to be pissed off or to mourn someone's death right now it's all very conflicting and I'm just drinking tequila right now that's all that's happening so I don't know cheers yeah it's crazy so well, fingers crossed he's not 
passed away. I really hope he's not dead. I really, really do. And the crazy thing is, <laughs> is that many, many years ago in my early 20s, back in 1842, I was dating this guy out of town and he was supposed to come and like visit me for the weekend. He was gonna drive down from New York to DC. I didn't hear from him for like mm -hmm. three days. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? And it turned out that he fell asleep at the wheel and was like in a car accident and was in a fucking coma. I know, right? So literally, oh my, God. Time, my life is insane. So like in my head, I'm like, yo, did this happen to this dude too? Like, is he in the hospital right now? Like, what is going on? Oh my God. <laughs> Like I was at work today, like my anxiety was so high that like when my when it's super high like this, like I get like really nauseous and I start to like dry heave. Like it's all types of disgusting. And so like that's what I was doing. And I finally had to tell my coworker, I'm like, yo, this is what's going on. Way back, this is what happened to this dude. And it was just like that was something I never thought would happen. So I'm like, is he like somewhere laid up in the hospital in a fucking coma? somewhere and i'm pissed off because i think he ghosted me but in fact he's dreaming about me in it's his like, coma. like i don't know what's happening right now <laughs> how romantic <laughs> that's very like october sky like Tom like Cruise. he wakes up for the coma and like asks for like a pen and paper and like <laughs> writes like s H A and the doctors are like shut up, shut up. like they're just like what is he talking about? <laughs> oh, I loved her. Oh, it is all too much. That's so, so crazy. that's where I am right now. Like every hour or you know five minutes or so, I check to see because he had read receipts on his phone, which. I think is insane because I don't do read receipts. I don't believe in that shit. That is not my ministry. I'm just very sorry. But he had the read receipts on his phone and he was like really good. Like literally, like as soon as it said, like he read it at, you know, 523, the next message was at 524. Like that's how consistent he was. And nothing's been on, like everything is just not shown as read. And I'm like, this is crazy to me. So I don't know. To be continued. <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested in getting updates on this saga. Oh, it is. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't. I will definitely keep everyone updated. I really, really, really hope that he's okay. I mean, honestly, if he did ghost me, he wouldn't be the first. He probably ain't gonna be the last. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's some fucked up shit, but I do hope that he is okay. I hope he is not in a coma. If he is in a coma, I hope he comes out of the coma. Like, you know, well wishes. And I did send like a message yesterday. I wish you well, um, good luck to you or some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> just when you think 2020 is gonna be your year, you just be like, damn, can another thing happen that just like, Ugh. I was so ready for 2020 to be like the best year of my life. Weren't we all? And That's then, a crazy thing. Yeah. But anyways, uh, welcome to this positive, uplifting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The midpoint of 2020, the midpoint of 2020 is, I think it's July 2nd or July 3rd. Like it's the midpoint. Like we're not there yet. Like we still have a couple more days. So, you know, until we hit that midpoint, anything goes. We're not even halfway through 
2020 yet. So it could still turn around. It could still be all of our years. Like we could still reach whatever goals we have set. I mean, my goal for my summer body is a fucking wash, but that is okay. Outside of that, you know, oh, yeah. um, whatever other goals you have, just like stay focused and like just the next six months, like it can still happen. You want to talk about Insecure? Yeah, we can. Did you watch it? I, You're all caught up. I, right? I, okay, spoiler alert. Just put that out there. If you ain't watched it, I'm sorry. It's been about two, three yeah. weeks. I am caught up. I didn't rewatch it since the finale. I did not. Um, I didn't either. I think it's a good thing to talk about. What did you think about it? What did I think about the finale? <laughs> the finale was really interesting. I felt it was done in a different way than any other episode had been done. So I do appreciate them, like, always kind of mixing up shit. They, you know, delving more, a lot deeper into Tiffany's whole postpartum depression. Um, you know, so I do, I did like that whole piece of it. I knew that Andrew and Molly were going to break up. I knew that Andrew was going to be sick of Molly and her bullshit. But Molly got a lot of shit. It was just a lot. But at the same time, like, Andrew kind of let the shit build up. And that's one of the things that I don't like in relationships. Like, you can't sit back and be good with shit 99 times. And all of a sudden, on the 100th time, you're like, I'm sick of you. Granted, he may have said some things earlier in the relationship. He may have hinted, blah, 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 blah. But... You know, I struggle with that because I'm a person I'm like, if I have an issue with someone and it may be why the fuck I'm still single, but even sometimes little things, I'll just kind of be like, okay, like just to let you know, like I'm not trying to argue, blah, 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 blah. But like when you do X, Y, and Z, it kind of makes me feel whatever kind of way. So let's just be mindful of it and go from there. Granted, 90% of the time a nigga's like, what the fuck is you talking about, yo? I was just... And I'm like, okay, well, obviously we got a communication issue. So, you know, that's that's my own drama. The whole thing at the end with condolences, <laughs> condola, was a lot. I have always been team Lisa from the beginning. I stand on my freaking soapbox that Lawrence is a fuckboy. I don't care. New Lawrence, old Lawrence, still a fuckboy. I don't think Lawrence is a fuckboy. I do think that, if anything, Issa was a fuckgirl, <laughs> but she has reformed. I only say that because that whole Daniel situation and the um, Nathan situation, it didn't seem well thought out. It didn't even seem like she kind of liked them. It just seemed like they were there um, instead of Lawrence just not having a job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like, well, one thing I like about Condola was that she called Lawrence out on the whole fact that if Issa hadn't have cheated, they would still be together, which is how I always felt. I felt that yes. like Lawrence was just like, he just got his feelings hurt. And he was, which I get, we've all had our feelings hurt, but he was just like, yo, she cheated on me. I'm done. And I know they're young, like they're your age. I don't know how old they were supposed to be. Yeah, That's interesting that they're like supposed someone to be. Someone had a, I think Issa or someone had like a 30th birthday in like the last, like last season or the season before, someone had a 30th birthday. For me, I just felt that like, if anything, I felt like he should have just taken a break and just been like, okay, you know what? This is a lot. Let's, let's take a moment apart and process some shit. Let's think about what we both could have done differently and if we do that and we still don't want to be together then fine 
But I just felt like he literally was just like, Issa, no, you cheated on me and I'm done. And then his whole thing with Condola was just kind of like, meh. I say Lawrence is still a fuck boy because even in the end, when he and Issa were supposed to be back together, he went to go see Condola without even telling Issa. That's some foul ass shit, yo. If you're back together with someone and your ex wants to have a conversation, quote unquote, you're supposed to tell the person you with, like, hey, so-and-so wants to see me. Just want to let you know. How do you feel about it? I'm going to go over there and we're going to chit-chat. But it just seemed like he brought it to her, like, so, yeah, um, I want to go see Condola. You want to go see who? Nigga, when? Why? I'm sorry. What? No. Like, I got to do this easy because she held me together. I would be mad about that, for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's fuck boy. That, that would piss me off. For me. Like that's straight up. Once a fuck boy, always a fuck boy. Because if you was gonna come real with Issa and y'all was really gonna make some shit work, she should have known that you were gonna go see Condola. That should not have been a conversation for just like, hey, by the way, I went to see her. It should have been like, so Lawrence, you went to see Condola. How's she doing? And it should have been out and open. I felt like he went behind her back. I think at the end of the day, I think he probably wanted some shit to pop off. Like, I felt at the end of the day, he wanted some, like, breakup sex. Like, let me go see my ex without telling my current girl I'm going to go see her. Like, that, I mean, Issa probably can't even process that situation. But once a fuck boy, I was a fuck boy. I don't fuck with Lawrence. (laughs) See, I am not part of uh, Lawrence Hive, but... I do think that he made a lot of mistakes in the earlier seasons. Aside from like seeing Condola without like talking to Issa about it, I think he's been pretty good. I like the growth of his character and it's kind of inspiring in some ways uh, because he's not like, he's not really stagnant in the same spot. He seems to be like one of, him and Issa are like really the only characters that are constantly growing and changing. Which is one of the issues that I had with the finale episode is like, that whole Tiffany situation came out of nowhere. You think? I thought I felt that from the very beginning. As soon as she had the baby, she seemed sad. Yeah, I mean, you get like little things along the way. It seemed like Amanda Seals was very much like, okay, write me into this. It (laughs) seemed very, like, I love Amanda It seemed very odd to give her her own episode and make it the finale. Yes, yes. Um, I do feel the episode was a little weird. It wasn't one of my favorites, so I I can definitely understand understand that. I get it. As a whole, I think the series is really important. They've been here doing shit for how many seasons? Four seasons? I think they just put the fifth. Yeah, they're going to go into the fifth, so. um, They've been phenomenal, yeah. I do. I think it's an important show. I think it does definitely show black people um in a different light in in different types of ways so and it's funny as hell Mm -hmm. like this i felt like this season probably again outside of this last episode i felt like this season was hilarious like they had some of the best moments and just super super fucking funny and i found myself just laughing out loud i felt like Issa got back to her like awkward i guess awkward black girl because that's what that's who she started out as she just had that little that little awkwardness and kind of corny and you know i feel like we all have that part of us i know i do that's just super fucking awkward and you know i'll just say shit and laugh and don't nobody else laugh and i don't give a fuck it's funny to me okay so the whole molly dynamic is really weird to me like i 
love Molly when she's interacting with her friends, but she makes the most ridiculous decisions when it comes to like love and relationships. It's like insane. She doesn't seem to like have any self-awareness at all. And it's, it's really weird and really concerning. They have not really discussed how she lacks self-awareness. I think when it comes to Molly, I think her character is really like kind of supposed to be the can you have it all? Like, you know, I think when you are a person that has, I think when you're a black woman that has, you know, a, that you are educated in a formal sense, the way she is, um, you have a high power career and you're making money. Like, I think she's just that character that's like, you can be beautiful and you can be smart and you can be successful and you can have all these things, but you're still going to have something missing like you're gonna have either your love interest missing or you're gonna have your friendship missing and they're just really like exploring that piece i'd be interested honestly to see if they're ever gonna bring in like colorism into molly's character i she's gorgeous and she's a dark-skinned black woman and colorism is real in our community and I, mm-hmm. I think that would be an interesting thing because I do feel that that might be a part of her complexity. You know, I know I've been told the you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. And I'm sure if Molly were a real care, I'm sure the real Yvonne Orgy has been told that she's pretty for a dark skinned girl, which I think that would be That's an interesting. You know what I mean? I think that would be something interesting, like another layer to her character to see why does she work so hard? Why does she try to have it all? Why does, you know, like everything? Because, you know, it it don't take but being, I mean, as soon as you're born to be told (laughs) that you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl and always trying to like one-up that and just say, can I just be beautiful? Can I just be smart? Can I just be successful? And can it not be about the color of my skin, my race, my gender, my, my, you know, background, like all of that, like, can I just be? And I feel like a part of her character is like, can she just be? And we got to make that shit complex as fuck. I feel like they don't bring up the, the color issue that all people of color have, or not just black folks. You know, we ain't the only ones that have a, a colorism issue. You know, if you're a person of color, it, it exists in your culture. Yes, I think it's one of those things where they're doing their part to combat colorism by giving many people of many complexions jobs. Like they have representation on the show, yeah. Um, but they're not discussing the you know difference between a Daniel and a Nathan in real life. That is true. That is true. And I think, how realistic is that, though? I know for me, like, if I'm with my girlfriends and we some see a guy, I'm like, oh, you know, that's a, a, a delicious piece of dark chocolate. I feel like it's okay to discuss someone being whatever color they are, whatever shade they are, and it not being, like, a negative thing. Like, I do kind of find it almost as real as that show is. I feel like they've left out a major part of being Black. Like, we can talk about color, without it being negative he is dark chocolate as hell and it's delicious and i want a big old piece of that in my mouth right now (laughs) uh isa ray has kind of veered away from like controversy almost at like all costs she's like pushing boundaries by being black and thriving 
Other than that, she's not pushing boundaries. She literally said she just wants to show black mediocrity. You're right, that is a part of like daily black living, talk about complexions, but like when white people hear that, I don't want a white person to tell me I want a piece of that chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> right. Like that would be not cute. Absolutely not. So, so um, Absolutely, I do agree. <laughs> right. So I think she's like being like really aware of her place in like making popular black culture now and how popular black culture, you know, kind of dictates how culture is run today and what the little white kids are doing. And we can't have little white kids out here talking about, oh, that, that nice little red bone, she thick. Like, oh. uh, excuse me, <laughs> like, no <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so like, I think, Lord, I don't even know what I would do if I heard that happen. We gonna have to fight in the street right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a really, really good but, point. I didn't know she had made that uh, comment about just being like a mediocre. What did she say? Mediocre? What again? I'm sorry. She said she wants a champion for mediocre black people. So like, she wants a Harry Met Sally. She okay. wants those like black people mediocre. Yeah. She she says that we don't have those types of films. That it's just like. Black people being shit, okay. doing shit. I can, I can definitely. I like that. I, I, I can go with that. I, I am. You have given me new information, and I am accepting it, and I am changing my opinion. <laughs> Do y'all see how that shit can happen? Did you hear that? Did you see that? You, you heard that? Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just. I'm gonna listen back just to make sure that that was heard, yes. and I hope you uh, receive it. Okay. I was brought new information, and I accepted it, and I said maybe I need to reevaluate my opinion. Ooh, mm, I mean, mm -hmm. can we call Black Jesus on the main line? Look at that. Ooh, Lord, we didn't change the world. We didn't change the world. Mm. That is that is a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> want to thank you for doing this because it just came to me so oh um, yeah it's so exciting i've been excited to just make content so like uh i've been recording myself doing makeup and like, this is good to just like get to making shit again did you watch little fires everywhere i did i did <laughs> did you like it <laughs> what do you think i gotta i gotta know um, okay, so... At this point, spoiler oh, alert, yeah. if, if you ain't watched this shit, then fast forward, but we're gonna talk about it. After this quarantine, there really is no excuse. So if you haven't <laughs> seen, like, popular culture uh, shows and things, that's all on you. Yeah. You have nothing but time. Right. Anyways, um... Unless you so are show... a, like, healthcare worker and you're out there saving lives, but the rest of y'all motherfuckers get your life. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Yes, if you're saving lives, cool. Like you have, a, you definitely have a reason to not be doing it. Uh, and also, thank you. I have a few thoughts. Okay. So the show hit really close to home for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Location is very close to where I am from. I am also adopted, so it was I really totally interesting. I totally about that. I'm sorry, I'm a bad friend. Yeah. So it was a <laughs> no. It's not, I mean, it's not like. <laughs> It's not like a, something I identify with. Um, but it was super interesting to watch that whole thing play out and see the arguments from both sides and agree with the arguments from both sides and just hate the character of Elena so much. I don't think I've ever hated a character 
so Wait, much. Which but this one character was that was that Carrie well. Washington or Reese Witherspoon? Uh, Elena was Reese Witherspoon. Okay, gotcha. First of all, Reese is coming for her Emmy. Um, <laughs> this is the year for her. She said, "Big Little Lies" or "Little Fires Everywhere." Uh, thank you so much. I'll take both. Um, yeah, I appreciated the show because it does show a particular type of white woman that has weaponized her privilege against black bodies. And that is something that I find to be completely just, well, I'm really happy that they made a show like this. Shout out to Amy Tan who wrote the book, but like was it, it is really, Tan? I believe. I didn't know that was Amy Tan. It wasn't Amy Tan. I think No, because so. Amy Tan was a joy lady. It was It was someone else because this woman is from Shaker. Oh, it's Celeste. Yeah. Oh no. She's from Shaker. I mean, that was okay, that was so racist yeah. as fuck, but okay, we're fine. That oh my god. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly. I, so listeners, if we keep Ooh, this in we, we will be keeping we, all of this in because it is huh. I'm so embarrassed. Scott so, um, is not a racist. I will vouch for him. No, no, I'm not. And for the <laughs> listeners that are here, um, we actually talk about a segment that's coming up called Bad Ally, where we just talk about our, um, where, I, where we're allowed to ask questions to each other. Um, I can ask her about her womanhood. She can ask me about my queer identity or whatever. And I am 100% not a racist <laughs> or you know, prejudiced. Everyone's prejudice, but it's very interesting that that was just like a slip, and like I had no idea that who wrote it. But for some reason, Amy Tan was the first person that came to my mind. So I mean, okay. uh, you know what yeah. you can what you can do is let's say due to white supremacy, the only Asian writer you know is Amy Tan. So it's all white supremacy. That's that, like, I mean, that's white supremacy right there. That's not your fault. That's white supremacy. Well, no, it is my fault because I need to be, do better and educate myself. No, like that is definitely my fault. Uh, but I, I was trying to, you know, I was I trying to help, but I'm gonna just shut up. Look, I will take responsibility for a, a fuck up that I made. Like I, you know, like that's the fucked up. When Google is here, when I have Google on my phone, I just pulled up silently and looked up a little bit about Celeste Ng. I hope I'm saying her. Uh, last name correct. Isn't um, it just but, NG or GN you know, or something? It's just NG. Yeah. Yeah, it's NG. I believe that's ing. Um, so it's, it's you know, uh, I'm grateful that she wrote this book. I don't know. It says that she's from, she grew up in Shaker, yeah. which for those of you that don't know, Shaker Heights was, I believe, the first community that they designed to be integrated. Yeah, it was a um, community in the country. Uh, we also see how racial disparity lives there. And as someone who has been around Shaker, it is definitely still there. That, that's what's so weird about watching the show is like, you're supposed to be in this like fictional world, right? Where Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon are telling stories. But like, it was a little too close to yeah, home because like, same. I didn't know people like that. Like we, I worked with people like that. Like I had to learn to thrive in a community with people like Elena yeah. because that shit is so normalized. It was really interesting watching. It made me question a lot of things like, what is family? What is a queer identity? What is right? What is wrong? Mm -hmm. 
And I think for that reason, it was a good show. Okay. I think everyone did their performances well. Carrie uh, Washington, her big ass teeth all on the screen all day long. She got two faces. You know, Carrie Washington did Carrie Washington better than I've ever seen her do Carrie Washington before. It was very nice because I don't see Carrie Washington do anything other than Carrie Washington. <laughs> um, can you tell me that Olivia Pope is different from that lady on the you show? You know, I have never seen an episode of Scandal in my life, honey. Never, not one. First of all, Scandal is cultural canon, and I think you need to catch up. Oh. It is phenomenal it's garbage but if you can watch housewives of atlanta you can watch scandal okay it is good tv okay and black people make money okay so watching real housewives of atlanta came at my lowest of the low when all of these (laughs) shit was going on it was people dying and protests And and riots, and I needed to shut my brain down from season one, episode one. Okay, and I did just finish season eleven. So, um, but okay, so <laughs> I'm, we're gonna talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta um, very soon. Okay, so little fires everywhere. Yeah, I need to catch up. So, yes. I love your perspective because it, some of it, I you know. You talked about like adoption and like that's not even something I like even thought about when I watched that show. Um, But like you said, that show hits so close to home. I mean, when I talk about like the house that I grew up in that my mom just sold, I think three or four years ago before she moved out here. If you go to the end of our block, it is Shaker Heights. The first 18 years of my life was all about Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights High School being rivals. So it hit very, very close to home. A lot of the things I am incredibly familiar with, like, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't love the show. I really didn't. But it will have a soft spot in my heart because it did remind me of home. I do miss home. Hmm. <laughs> like, I do. There are times when I'm like, yo, this Philly area is trash and people are trash and I fucking hate it. And I miss the Midwest and I miss the good-ass, wholesome, nice, friendly people of the Midwest. Even though I didn't show it in Little Fires Everywhere, but as you know, like, there's a different type of diversity and acceptance in a lot of parts of the Midwest. Not all of it. Trust me. We got our hick towns, like, everywhere else. But I do feel like if you're near the cities and close to the cities, like, it's just much more of, like, you truly know your neighbor. When she couldn't get into whatever that class and it was talking about how, like, you know, oh, well, you know, students from Cleveland are, you know, often not um, as academically gifted as people who are in Shaker. Like, that really hit home for me because I know at one point, like, my mom was looking to move to Shaker. And one of the things she didn't look, because she didn't look, what'd you say? Because of the school systems? Um, just in general. Like, we had a home, it was in University Heights, and we we're a part of the Cleveland Heights, you know, area and all of that. And, you know, we wanted to upgrade. You know, my mom was like, oh, let's, you know, get a bigger house and blah, 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 blah. And she looked to move to Shaker. But one of the things she didn't like about Shaker was the lack of diversity in the the teachers and the faculty. And once it got to the high school, she didn't like the lack of, again, diversity, specifically African-American students in accelerated and honors classes. Like, oh, wow, like, you know, this this shit is real. Like, you know, people that are watching are probably like, oh, man, that's fucked up. But I'm looking at it like, no, 
it, it's real. Like it, it literally made the difference in where, you know, we moved to and we decided to not move to Shaker for that very reason. Outside of that, honestly, I did not like the series. <laughs> And I didn't like it because I felt that the backstory of the two main characters, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just kind of wondering, like, why is she being so crazy? Why is she treating her daughter this way? Why is she treating her husband this way? Why is she being so secretive? It was just like all these things where it was like, this could have been like episode two or three. And then I could have been much more invested in being like, oh, yeah, you know. Because right. of what happened to her 10, 20 years ago, this is why she's behaving this way. Because the way Reese Witherspoon was behaving towards her younger daughter, it just didn't make sense to me. It like every time she like treated her whatever kind of crazy way, I was just like, What is happening? Like, why does she hate this little girl so much? Like, I get she doesn't fit like your perfect mold of how you want your family to be, but she has not done anything to you. And then finally, like, three episodes from the end, it's like, oh, she didn't want your ass. That's why she's treating you that way. Okay. I mean, it's still fucked up. So I just felt like even, like, trying to uncover the piece of, like, what was going on with Carrie Washington and her daughter, it was such a rough patchwork that I just couldn't get, like, really invested in what happened because I just couldn't understand why are y'all being so crazy towards one another? Yeah. And that's, that is another thing about Little Fires Everywhere. That show came out at, at a perfect time. Because had that come out, like, uh, when everything started to pop off with the World. Black Lives Matter protests and riots and stuff, yeah. I was not interested in watching anything that had any real substance to it. So yes. it came out at a great time because I could handle that. Then. <laughs> That's why I was watching Real Housewives of Atlanta because it was just like, I, I just needed to numb my brain. Some of these people are insane and need major psychological help. Nene, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with her. And this last season, I was done with her. But this is also the season that Greg had his whole colon cancer thing. And I do miss Phaedra. I told you that before. What she did was candy with, with Candy and Ty, which is extra shady, and I can't even be a part of that. But up until oh, that, I yeah, that was so much. Up until that, I loved me some Phaedra. Like I really, 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 truly did. Like I, I just thought she was just phenomenal. But yeah, I do like Candy a lot. I'm still surprised Candy is still on the show. I don't know why I'm surprised. I just feel like she has the a shitload of money. Like, I Googled her and she's worth 30 million. Like, she's worth more than any of them bitches. And she's, like, still on this... She's still on this show doing her thing with her man and her kids and her crazy-ass mama. Um, And, I I mean, I guess... I I don't know. I I couldn't do it, because I would have been like Ken Fields up in that bitch. Like, one season and I'm done, because y'all all all crazy. I would have been like... Oh, yeah. And I would have been yeah, out no. of that bitch. Like, fuck all y'all. I won and done. Made yeah, my no. money and went the fuck home. I don't think I could do reality television. Because you throw a drink at me, I'm actually fighting you. I would like to think that I'm, like, above it now, but I don't think so. Yeah, and I think that's like, one of the things <laughs> like, that just, like, bothers me about <laughs> it. It's, like, because, again, I'm brand new to this whole franchise. So all this, Like, I think the last reality show that I watched was, like, real world something 
back in 1990 something like I'm like I'm old school reality tv and this new shit when I watched it like it really made me look at society differently but one of the things that would always bother me was that if somebody had like a little issue or a little argument and they went their separate ways for a day a week a month who knows how long it was but you know the next episode they would come back together and like the first thing they would say was like she being all fake and smiling in my face. There comes a point in time where you just want to squash some shit and be an adult. And it's not about being fake. Right. You know I what I mean? And I felt like I've dealt with that yes. shit when I've been at work where I've worked with someone and maybe we have a slight disagreement or something and we we supposedly talk that shit out and we come back to work the next day and I'm like, hey, good morning. And then they look at me out the Saturday eye and I'm like, um good morning and they're like well i'm not gonna be all say bitch we being professional this like I just, this is not a reality show like we still need to coexist and it's not so much about being fake there's a time to be cordial there's a time to be professional there's a time to be an adult and i just feel like reality tv wipes all of that shit out and i feel like there's a whole generation of people that don't understand that we got to be professional. We got to be adults. We we have to be cordial. We ain't got to like each other, but we can say hello and go about our business and still be in the same room without being like, well, two months ago at so-and-so's baby shower, you said my man had small feet. And you're just like, bitch, what? <laughs> what's happening right now? Okay, so I do agree with you. I totally agree with you, but I do think that it is very professional for the housewives to be petty and dramatic. <laughs> and I get that, but I feel like a whole generation <laughs> doesn't understand that there's a difference between reality television and actual reality. And an actual reality. reality. Yeah, you try that shit at work, you won't have a work to right. go to. Right, you know, and maybe it's just my, you know, the situations that I've been in in the past few years, but I just feel like these young people, i.e., you know, millennials um like they can't be like (laughs) they can't just like come to work shut the fuck up and do their job it's gotta be like i'm 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 giving you side eyes or i'm in a corner talking shit and i'm like yo we're at work like we squashed this shit last week and if you can't shut the fuck up and do your job and get your paycheck then you don't need to work here anymore and they look at me like, well, I'm not trying to be all fake. And it's not about being fake. It's about we got bills to pay, sweetheart. Like, shut the fuck up. Yes, this is not fake. This is, uh, we are right. working. Like, this has nothing to do with what we, we were doing. And honestly, that's like, I'm grateful that you were my uh, manager because, you know. Uh, we had some <laughs> we never, we were a great team. We were a great team. Well, and there were we, definitely times, we, right. We yes, were a we great team. And there were times that there there was like, if there was any drama at all, it was like a big disruption in the like, the like little family unit that we had going on. So it was nice that you were there because you were like, uh, we gonna deal with this or not deal with it, but either way we're gonna work and get these numbers. That's what we're gonna do. So like, that was nice um, to see that in action and like also see, frankly, you like, obviously dislike someone and (laughs) work well with them.
<laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we are not getting paid to have beef. We are getting paid to come to work and do our job. So I don't have to like you. I didn't even got to talk to you. I can say, hello, how's it going? Can you hand me that lipstick, bitch? No, I'm just saying, but like, <laughs> you know, like, can we do our job and just go home? And, you know, I would say even, and I honestly feel like there was only really, really, like, one person that I truly, truly, truly was just like, yo, this bitch is crazy, crazy, crazy. And then there was, like, another person I was like, oh, yeah. um, We're on the same. Yeah, and it was another person I was like, I want to like this person, but I feel like she just can't stand me, so it's whatever. But everybody else, I was like, you know, we all cool. But it's like, even the person that, like, went, like, batshit crazy on me, it was still, like... I mean, we got to come to work, though. Like, we still got to do our jobs. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, not talk to you. I'm not going to sit here and, like, be nasty and rude to you. I can be cordial. I can be professional. And I just feel like reality TV has completely erased that. Like, let's be cordial. Let's be professional. Let's not tell everybody's business all the time. Like, and the whole, like, petty, throwing shade, like, First of all, I feel like people these days don't even, some people these days don't even know the difference between just being honest and and being shady. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not being shady. This bitch don't come to work on time. So when I say, hey, we all need to come to work on time, and then you out your mouth saying shade, bitch, this shit ain't shade. We need to come to work on time. Like, what is shady about this? This is called being professional. This is called setting a standard. This is called saying, hello, everyone. Welcome. Let's be mindful of coming to work on time because at the end of the day, we want to service our customers. And when we are late, it affects our service of the customer. And then you whispering to your girl that I'm being shady. I don't feel like any of that is shady. Yeah, I, yeah, I think a lot of people that use the word shade literally just need to read up on like what shade is and what reading is. And a great resource for that is um, <laughs> Paris is Burning documentary about New York City nightlife in Harlem in the early 90s. I think it's really, really important for everyone that is talking about shade or indulging in reality television to watch that because literally every single thing that these people are talking about originated with Black queer culture. Uh, yeah, so 100%. it's very important to do your research because shade is not uh, someone telling you to come to work on time. And a quote from that movie is, shade is, I don't have to tell you you're ugly because you already know. Woo! That is shade. Like, Culture has been corrupted and like hijacked and like people don't understand where it comes from like you said and don't and don't understand exactly what it is i don't know i i have i still have for the most part enjoyed my 11 seasons of the real housewives of atlanta it has definitely opened my eyes to like a whole culture that i just didn't even know existed and i didn't I, it makes me understand why people are the way they are in some ways. Because I'm like, oh, is this why everybody just saying shade all of a sudden? And it's why it's so people saying petty. And is this why people want to argue and, and, and snatch people's wigs and 
all these things. But when, you know what I do want to say about the show that I really, really, really enjoyed was I love the way they had like the black booty on display in all of its gorgeousness. I thought you were going to talk about like their business ventures. I know. Or... I love the business adventures, the friendship, and the love between the men, even though the men was a bunch of fuck boys. But the way they show black women and our asses is just, and they and we weren't all size zeros. You know what I'm saying? Like I just loved it. Like I feel like it was like you know because I I feel like again that's a part of our culture that has been hijacked by white women, and it's like you don't they don't show booty. Unless it's on a white woman or white passing woman, at least I feel that way. And you know, as much TV as I watch, I ain't never seen so much ass on screen as I have seen on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm like, good Google Moogle booty, just booty, booty, booty everywhere, and I love it. I do. I, 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 I that that was great. Like, please display black women and our asses, even though all them booties wasn't real. Um, oh no! I definitely want to purchase a nice ass. It is. There were there were some nice booties on display in that show, and I do enjoy that. And yes, they were all for the most part. I believe they were all entrepreneurs in some way, and you know they explored a lot when it came to love. There was at one point where there were several couples on the show. I don't think I think there's only a few right now, but there was like one season where there were about five or six different couples, and I love that. And um, it was a lot of friendship, even though there was a shit ton of drama. But, you know, it, it did show some friendship. So, you know, real housewives of Atlanta, I guess I'm here for it. I don't know. What what, what are you loving right now? And, and what's pissing you off right now? Um, Right now, uh, what I'm loving is totally on brand for me. The Black Parade single by Beyonce. I haven't heard I, of it, but I heard of it. I'm sorry. Oh, it's amazing and beyond the the song itself which is very black very 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 black i love that she came out with a collective of black businesses uh, black creatives black beauty people black artists um black therapists um and she put that on her website so the song is called black parade and she launched with it a vast resource of black owned um, businesses to support. And I just love that. And it makes me stand her so much harder. Um, because <laughs> Wait, she's that, always that's possible? Different. I didn't know you could stand her any much harder than you already are, but okay. Neither did I, but the woman <laughs> just continues to like impress me. Like It's so crazy that she's out here just continuing to um, be excellent by everyone's standards. People still have it a lot of issues with her. And there are issues to be had with her, but I mean, come on. Like, I think that's another thing that has to do with just hating black women. Like, because yeah, it's just I, like, come on. Hating black women. Oh Lord, are we gonna get into it? Or are we gonna get into it? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, let's talk about that for the bad ally segment. The obsession with hating Beyonce. Do you think that is an attack on black womanhood? We can definitely have a discussion about that during our battle ally section. I'm really interested in hearing that. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. In hearing your perspective on that. Uh, but I just think that Beyonce is, what'd you say? I was saying, hold on, I got to get my AirPods working, but I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, hating black women, oh, OMG, OMG, OMG. That is, that is a whole other type of, situation um 
it's real, first and foremost. Let's put it out there for anyone that's doubting it. There, I just feel like there are people that hate women and there's people that hate Black people. So there's going to be people that hate Black women. Like, it, it just is what it is. And can we all stop pretending like it doesn't happen and it can't happen? Like, period. Like, it's, it ain't up for discussion anymore. Like, Malcolm X said that shit, like... The black woman is, is, I mean, y'all just fucking trash us all day long. Like, um, and you know what? Literally. I never really thought about people's, like, disgust for Beyonce as a a hatred of black women before. That's something that has, has never crossed my mind. So once again, people, this is someone who has been brought new information and is accepting it. Um, into their, you know, their their thought process because that's something that's that's never come across my mind before. Um, you know, my personal opinion of Beyonce over the years it has changed. She's incredibly talented. I think she is the best at what she does. Period. Now, is she necessarily like the type of artist or performer that I love? No. But that's not to take away from what she does. And I don't think people can understand that argument. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, I feel like her homecoming was everything. I've watched it a million times and I almost got the choreography memorized, period. Um, (laughs) And I know you're laughing because you're probably like, oh, what is happening right now? But I do. I think homecoming was just everything for so many different reasons. Um, You know, I personally, when it comes to my style of music like the artist that I love and stand for is Erica Badu you know and that is not to take away from Beyonce they're just very different artists and I feel like the like the argument of like apples to oranges like I don't know when that was erased like I feel like I grew up with if if two things were being compared that were just different that we're to be we were just able to say oh you know what it's apples to oranges like you can't even compare the two they're both good in their own right. They both serve their purpose. It's not to take away from one or the other. Let the apple do its thing and be great and let the orange do its thing and be great. So that's kind of always been my thing with right. Beyonce. Like it's never been like, you know, people say she's overrated. People say she can't sing. People say she can't do this, blah, 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 blah. She's incredible. She's incredibly <laughs> talented. Now, whether you love the type of talent that she has, that's different. You know, I'm I'm a classically right, that's a, right, that's a right. Like I'm a classically trained flautist, so I stand for some fucking Mozart. Does that mean that fucking Beethoven ain't the shit? No, but Mozart knows how to write a goddamn concerto for a flute that can just send me to the fucking heavens. Like literally, I'm like, yo, like this shit is crazy. <laughs> You know, and I hear Beethoven, I'm like, that's cool, but it don't do the same thing. But that doesn't mean that Mozart and Beethoven aren't literally world-renowned classical composers, <laughs> you know? And so for Beyonce, it's like she does her thing, and she does her thing well, and she does her thing better than anybody else that's doing what she does. Um, and I do feel right. like there is this element of we have a Black woman that is doing something that in my lifetime no one else has ever done period and it is a thing of like 
I, a lot of people don't like that shit, you know? And I feel like, you know, when we're moving out of the realm of, you know, music and entertainment into what is a really hot topic right now, which is politics, I feel like when we talk about it, like, I feel like Kamala Harris is someone that is getting so much hate because she's a black woman. And I'm not saying she's perfect because ain't nobody in this fucking world perfect. But the hate that I have heard from her about her is like, are y'all serious? Like, I have literally heard people be like, I don't fuck with that hoe. I'm sorry, (laughs) honey. Uh, that's, that's just disrespectful. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And it's like, at no point did, have I ever heard anyone talk about anybody in politics, calling them a hoe, calling them a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like just all of these things that like Kamala Harris is getting. And I'm like, where is this really coming from? And I feel like, like you're saying, it's coming from the stance of like, I hate black women period. And I'm a person where I'm like, be honest and real with me. If you hate black women, say it. Say, I don't like Beyonce because she's a woman and because she's black and she's overshadowed all of these white men and black men and white women and I don't like that shit. Fine. No problem. No problem. (laughs) You know, and the same thing with Kamala. It's like, if you want to say, I don't fuck with Kamala because she is overshadowing white men, black men, and white women, and I don't like that shit. Okay. Not a problem. At least you're being honest and real with me, and you're not shoveling shit in my mouth. So. Right. That's my opinion. Because, again, I have an opinion on everything. (laughs) And I think that we have a responsibility to speak our opinion in a world that's so whitewashed and has been... Uh, overshadowed by whiteness. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I love. And uh, something that I hate is I was just presented with information that, you know, the ice cream jingle? That like. Pick a nigga from the So, yeah, it's like a nigger love a watermelon. Yeah. And that the song and I had no idea that like that's what we were running out to when I was a child yeah and you know this is the age of information so we have a responsibility to do better black people are not even allowed to have nostalgia and all the good memories that I have now of like running out to the ice cream truck like they're kind of tainted because it's like yeah I know that ice cream truck driver probably didn't know that someone made that a conscious decision to make that the song that little black kids would run out to get their nice cold treats. So that's really upsetting to me. And it's just another reminder of why America can burn. Yes, burn, um, burn this bitch to the ground. Yes. I hate it. You it's know, um, but what about you? What do you, you love? And what do you hate? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo was also a racist ass little jingle thing that they did. I did know that. And I did check someone in Dallas uh, <laughs> this weekend or last weekend for doing that. Good, that's good, good, good. Okay, come to like our work. last like 10 minutes. Okay, so I'm gonna make it pretty quick. My love right now is my love for pre-mixed margarita and margarita mix with tequila already in it. I love it. 
I do add an additional okay. bottle of tequila to go with it because <laughs> <laughs> just having the remix is not enough. So to in, to enhance the turn up, I, I I will be like, okay, let me get this eighteen hundred bottle of tequila of margarita mix with tequila in it, and then I will also get the bottle of eighteen hundred tequila. And then I go to the register, and the person at the register is like, you know this already has tequila. And I'm like, bitch, mind your business. Like, what are we doing here? Are you judging me? <laughs> like, what's happening? Like, I I'm aware. Thank you. Thank you. Like, take my phone number for my rewards. Um, so that has been my newest obsession, because I figure it's summertime. I love I love having some red wine. Like I'm a red wine drinker. I'm a whiskey drinker. I mean, I'm just a drinker, period. But it is summer, so I love me a margarita. And and with this whole quarantine, I have really just wanted to go to somebody's bar and get some chips and guac and all of that and sit there. And I can't do that right now, but at least I can do is get I have a margarita in my apartment. So that's been my latest thing is coming home on an empty stomach and having a margarita with extra tequila on top. Um, okay, so the thing I can't stand that's just pissing me the fuck off right now is that I have a quote-unquote friend that had a health scare. And this friend had the health scare and we chit-chatted about it and I was like, you know, get a second opinion because Black people respond differently to medications black people have signs our symptoms show differently you know blah 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 blah. and i feel like in the in the the climate that we're in we talked a lot about medical racism so that was basically my thing with this person i was like just get a second opinion like you know what i mean i don't know they're saying it it's just like literally this person went to the hospital thinking they had a heart attack and they sent him home and saying he was dehydrated and i was like my dude, like, I, uh, you know, he was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it just bothered me because this person in particular, and I'm trying to say this in a very nice PC way, is not necessarily, quote unquote, of the culture. And I'm not want to say someone acts white or acts black or blah, 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 blah. Because I do believe if you do shit, you're doing black shit, whatever it is. If you're black and you do it, it's black shit. Like, it's 2020. Yeah. I'm not here to judge that you go out camping and fishing. That's some shit I don't ever want to do. But if you choose to do it and you're Black, then that's some Black shit. However, I do believe you can be of the culture and steeped in your culture and love your culture. And you cannot be in your culture and of your culture and steeped in your culture. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. so I'm not judging his blackness, but I do feel that as long as I've known him, he is not necessarily of the culture. Like, I feel like he would be uncomfortable at the cookout, if I could put that in that okay. way. He might be a little uncomfortable. Now, granted, I don't play spades. I know how to, but I don't. He might not even know how to play spades. <laughs> like, um, I, I have a confession. I don't know how to pick, play spades or shuffle cards. Okay. I mean, yeah, and you know what? I know you well, and I know your journey, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I feel like you are open and honest about your journey and who you are. And I feel like this is a person yes. that has not always been open and honest with his journey 
and his blackness and where he is and where he has been. You know, I'm going to put it out there. You know, he does have an ex-wife who is white. He also has a, the mm. mother of his oldest child that is also white. Again, mm. the, it, it, whatever. People are complex. You know, I dated this person. So obviously I felt there was something about him that is 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 good, is admirable. So again, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, he's I'm terrible. not right. He's not terrible, but I do feel that there is when it comes to you know being black as fuck. I don't necessarily think he's black as fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, to me, to have this very, very candid conversation of you know you need to be really concerned about your health because you have two young children under the age of ten, um, and you are at risk for certain things at your age because you are a black man that if you were a white man, you wouldn't be. And he literally was like, I need you to stop. Like, I need you to stop talking to me about this because you don't know my doctor. You don't know anything about me. And if my doctor says that I'm not at risk, then I'm not at risk. And it was very upsetting to me because it's like, Dude, you can literally Google this shit and they will tell you that as a black man, you are at risk, period. Not only that, but like, I have two friends that are in the medical field that say, yo, he he needs to get tested. I was was talking about colon cancer. I was like, he needs to get tested. Like, they were both like, yeah, he's over 45. He needs to get a test. And he literally just shut me the fuck I mean, you can shit in the bag and send it off. Like, it's a, a real thing. The only reason I know that is because I, my dad did it. Right. And it, and it just bothered, like, I'm so pissed off about it because it's like, I get that you, again, you ain't 100% steeped in a culture and it is what it is. But I feel like there needs to come a time where you sit back and be like, I don't give a fuck how many white women I fucked. I'm a black man. And I need to exist at least in this part of my life as a black man. Like, I don't care how much I try to assimilate and do this and do that and blah, 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 blah. I can do all those things that on the outside may quote unquote whitewash me. But when it comes to my health and the fact that I have two children under 10, I need to realize I'm a black man. Like, yes, and I got a black woman who don't want nothing from me, but for me to be healthy. Like, I don't want nothing from this man. We're not dating. We're not nothing. We're just quote unquote kind of friends. And I'm literally like, yo, you need to look out for yourself. You got kids. And he shut me the fuck down. Like, like, I I haven't talked to him in like five days. And I'm like, you can't be serious right now. Like, you're pissed off at me because I'm trying to save your life. Does, can it, it, it ain't gonna hurt you to get a second opinion, my dude. Like, really? No, not at all. Especially when you can, it, again, just shit in the bag and mail it off and your insurance will cover it. It's just ridiculous. I, black men have to be very careful about, black people in general, but especially black men need to be very careful about um, their health. Yeah, like <laughs> I've gone through my own shit with my healthcare where I've been like literally telling someone like, this is what's bothering me. And they all on the other side of my body checking for shit and asking me questions. And I'm like, um, no, <laughs> no. 
And it's like, you're going to sit here and like, just go with whatever your white doctor says and be good mm-hmm. with it. And I, I, I personally, I believe if you were a white man and you go to the doctor and you go to the hospital thinking you're having chest pains and they send you home and telling you you're dehydrated, that white man is going to get a second opinion, period. Yeah. But that's a cultural thing. And but also they would take his claims of his chest hurting as more than just uh, a black man complaining. Yeah. And it was just like <laughs> the fact that he like just shut me down was just so like. I can't believe someone's li- I can't believe a black man is telling me as a black woman like leave me the fuck alone. Don't be concerned about my health. I got this. And I feel like any any person cuz this person, you know, he is, you know, formally educated. He has a master's degree, and I feel like anyone that is formally educated and has any kind of ear to the ground knows that married men that have a wife to look after them live longer than single men that don't have a wife to look after them. And here I am, a female friend trying to look after your ass and you're just like, nah, fuck it. You're being ridiculous. I mean, okay. Cool then. That's fine. We don't have anything else to discuss. Uh, I know. It's just, it just bothers me. And I, I think, it's, I mean, again, we have several years of history going on right now that I think this is probably like the pinnacle of like the end of shit where it's like, you know, I I, I think at the end of the day, he hates black women. Oh, well, I think a lot of people hate black women. <laughs> right, like, like we were just talking about, and I think at the end of the day, if I was a white woman, he would listen to me. If I was a man, he would listen to me. But I feel like because I'm a black woman, I'm just automatically That's seen so nice. as like a nag. Because he doesn't have a good relationship with his mother at all. Like he probably has the worst relationship with his mother than any black man that I know. Um, and I think that all stems from it. Like at the end of the day, you just hate black women. Um, and that's why I need to stop fucking them. But that, you know, whatever. I'm just saying though, you know. <laughs> I mean, you said it. I, I, look, I didn't say nothing. But I mean, that would be the general consensus. I would, I would say that might be a great idea. <laughs> that might be step one. I was so hopeful that at some point he would come around and he'd be like, "Yo, this is an amazing black woman that cares for me and loves me and 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 wants the best for me." And you know, I thought I could be the change that I wanted to see in the world, but apparently, with him, that shit is just lost. And I just need to move on. You know, it is what it is. It's life. Life, life is what you make it. Oh my gosh, you know, we have hit almost another hour. (laughs) We have hit almost another hour, so I think we should probably finish up. The only thing I want to finish up by saying is that it's really important to vote. And if you are out there listening to this, your vote matters and you should do that if you are able to. And if you are not able to, tell your friends that are able to on social media to vote and to go to vote.org and register to vote and then follow through with your voting. So as of now, we have 131 days, one hour and five minutes and 55 seconds left uh, before it's time to vote. So that's really all I want to say. Stay black. I, I agree with all of that. We will go into the voting later. We are down to the last 60 seconds. So I want to thank everyone for joining us for our very first episode of Lift Every Voice and Sing. I am Shana Madela, and you are... I'm Scott. 
Thank you so much for listening, y'all. All right, bye. Bye. bye.